any city but San Salvador. There are more Koreans living here than there are anywhere outside of Korea. And the neighborhoods are insular enough that I find that a lot of those people in a lot of those restaurants are cooking for themselves rather than cooking for non-Korean or the non-Mexican that might be walking through the doors. And how different does that make the food then? It makes a huge difference, I think. In New York City, for example, which also has huge immigration, say you have a Korean restaurant that's in a Korean neighborhood. They're mostly cooking for Koreans, but still they take the subway every day like everybody else, and they're always rubbing shoulders with people who aren't Korean. And as a result, they're probably thinking a lot harder about what non-Koreans might like to eat. Whereas here, they don't. You know, Mr. Kim goes into a restaurant, he wants to eat exactly what what his mother used to make him on Thursday afternoons when he was growing up, and he's able to find that. And we're able to go into those restaurants and eat what Mr. Kim is eating. What do you think are the, the most egregious sorts of mistranslations of food, that ethnic food that you find in North America? I mean, food that's kind of been dumbed down, essentially. When I think of, I don't know, that gloppy marinara sauce you find in Italian-American restaurants. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Olive Garden. But in a way, Americanization of foreign foods is legitimate in its own way. Cuisine is never stable. It's never fixed. It's always changing. And the ideas of what are authentic are always changing. I mean, we're sort of assuming in this maybe kind of snobbish way, that Americanized food automatically means it's it's not as good. It's not the authentic, real thing. It's inferior. It's been dumbed down. But sometimes, surely, an Americanized version of something actually takes on a life of its own and becomes good. Oh, of course, things are authentic to regions. One of the things that I write about a lot is uh, Mexican food in Southern California. We've always had like, a substantial you know, Spanish-American or Mexican-American or plain Mexican community. And there are the sort of foods that people describe eating in the ranchos in the 19th century that you can still go into some restaurants here and find, you know, the beans cooked a certain way, the, the marinated and grilled meats, the chicharrones. And there's a well-developed sort of Chicano cuisine is what people grew up on. And then there's the second set of immigration. They identify with their village in Michoacan or, or coming from Guadalajara or coming from Zacatecas or coming from Oaxaca because there is this sort of quote-unquote authentic or more re specifically regional food that a lot of people who are sort of in the second stage of Los Angeles connoisseurship tend to dismiss the older places as inauthentic. And in fact, it's authentic Los Angeles, California cooking. It's just not authentic Zacatecas-style cooking. Are there any cases where an ethnic food has been Americanized and then returned to its place of origin and gotten popular there? It happens all the time in uh, Korean cooking, for example. For, for example, there's a kind of tofu stew called sundopu, which is a kind of uh, chige or soupy stew or, soupy or stewy soup that has lots of chilies and usually sort of a, a fish broth and then freshly made tofu. And it's served at the table in 
it's sort of always been a dish here, but then it became faddish, a really popular dish in Los Angeles in the 80s, and it went back and it became a fad in Seoul. Mm. Even with Italian cooking, I think. I was with a uh, chef friend, uh, Nancy Silverton, about 22 years ago in northern Italy. We went to this sort of horrible folkloric restaurant. Among the many bad desserts we had was something they called panacotta. And you could have played highlight with this and you could have bounced it. It was, it was a super ball of a dessert. But Nancy is the genius pastry chef of all pastry chefs. So when she got back to California, she tinkered with it, she tinkered with it, she took out most of the gelatin, and she figured a way to, like, just barely set the cream so it was, like, rich and trembling. She started serving it on her menu, and it spread as a fad first across California, then to New York, then it came back in Italy, and panna cotta is a really popular dessert there.